Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Eric. And I have been so excited and extremely looking forward to this episode that we have today. We are going to be talking to Ethan Maccabee, co-founder of Emo Night Brooklyn. That's awesome, man. I'm so looking forward to talking to him. But before we get into that, we have our listener segment for our listeners all around the world, Top three listeners of this week. So here we go. We have United Kingdom. Nice. Nice to see them again. Yes. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure seeing them on the top three. And then coming in at number two, we have Mexico. Cool. Mexico. Nice. Shout out to Mexico. And for our number one, once again, Indonesia. Nice, man. Nice job, guys. Yes. So we have United Kingdom. Mexico, and Indonesia for our top three this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We truly appreciate every single one of you that takes the time to listen to our podcast. And if you want to be featured on our next top three for next week, all you got to do is share our podcast with your family, your friends, your neighbors, whoever it may be, and we could be shouting you out next. And now we're going to be talking to Ethan, so I hope you guys all enjoy. You are on now with Lisa and Eric. Hey, man. What's up? Oh, wow. I'm right on. Okay. Right into it. <laughs> right into it. So um, can you do me a favor and just introduce yourself and explain for those who may not know what Emo Night Brooklyn is? Absolutely. Yeah. So my name's Ethan. I'm one of the co-founders of Emo Night Brooklyn. Um, and to kind of explain a little bit about what it is, so Emo Night Brooklyn is a DJ-based uh, party night that celebrates uh, emo and pop-punk music, um, you know, all through uh, the ages. Um, And, uh, yeah, essentially it's a giant party. So kind of when you show up, um, you know, there's there's DJ sets of people playing all your favorite music, you know, whether it's Taking Back Sunday or My Chemical Romance, Panic the Disco, Fall Out Boy, Yellow Card, Paramore, the list obviously goes on. And we try to include... Um, you know, our favorite songs that we grew up with, as well as um, some of our favorite new songs uh, of today. Um, and uh, essentially, the atmosphere is kind of like you're just at one of your, you know, at a show, uh, surrounded by, um, you know, a ton of people that love the same kind of music. And, uh, and yeah, it's, people are rocking out, people are moshing, people are stage diving. Um, and uh, a lot of times we will have uh, special guests come out with us, um, artists from these bands, uh, who will uh, do a DJ set playing their favorite songs from the genre, 
and sometimes they'll even do live performances. So it's just like a really fun night uh, for people to celebrate the music that made them who they are, um, you know, and whether they're, you know, celebrating the nostalgia for it if they haven't listened to it in 10 years or they're still very much, you know, in the scene and listening to new music that comes out and just a place for them to go where they can really, you know, listen to music they love instead of, you know, a regular bar, which may be playing, you know, pop music or, you know, hip hop or something like that. It's kind of a little more rare to find a place that will play, you know, this kind of alternative emo pop punk kind of music. So, yeah, um, I started it with my best friend, uh, Alex. We grew up together since we were two years old, and uh, yeah, it just pretty much kind of happened organically uh, and has grown. So we've been really pumped about it. We love doing it. It's been a dream come true and been able to meet a lot of awesome people. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, a little bit, uh, I guess, about how I would explain it to someone, if that, if that makes sense, hopefully. That is so awesome. I love the idea behind it. How did you guys come up with the idea? Yeah, so it was pretty organic. So essentially, like I said, Alex and I, we grew up together in the UK, actually. And so uh, we grew up listening to this music, you know, since middle school, essentially. I think my first album I ever actually bought was Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. And that nice. uh, that actually kind of brought me into this kind of realm of music. And uh, so growing up, we'd always go to tons of shows. Um, you know, a lot of amazing bands would come to London um and basically we'd always have awesome when we weren't going to shows we'd always have like awesome pre-games at our parents house um and eventually that moved to our dorms we both actually moved uh to boston for school uh so you know we always had parties at our dorm rooms like pre-games and it would just be like great like set up the laptop you know blast our favorite music drink some beers and then go out and then we both moved to Williamsburg in Brooklyn uh, after college, and it was the same thing. It was just like, hey, like, let's go out tonight. Cool, come over to my place. We'll pregame, and you know, like many other people, I'm sure you put on, you know, all the music that you love and grew up to. You know, block, drink some beers, and Alex and I would look pretty ridiculous, <laughs> in my apartment, like just the two of us. Uh, but we start, you know, we had friends that came over and stuff like that, obviously. And then we'd go out, uh, you know, after the pregame. Um, so it basically kind of started as just a kind of an epic pregame. Um, but we were kind of like, this would be an even more epic game, you know? Right, right. There was this cool bar across the street from Alex at the time called Cameo. Unfortunately, no longer around, but we kind of went to them and we're like, Hey, this was, this was back in, uh, January our first show was January 2015 so this was about three and a half years ago we just kind of walked the street to the bar and we're like hey would it be cool if we maybe kind of schedule if we set up a night um you know where we kind of play this type of music and we'll invite a bunch of our friends and if enough friends come and like the bar does well is it cool if we get free beer we believe that was like the main motivation for starting this we just wanted (laughs) free beer like of course who doesn't (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly Alex and I just like to party drink and like listen to awesome music I mean obviously I hope there's more to us than that but that was like the big motivating factor was just free beer that's um, that's also what I wanted to ask as well why early 2000s emo alternative and pop punk what makes that music special to you guys because that's the that's the music that we grew up to you know um, obviously there are 
you know, there's uh, generations of emo that, you know, really kind of started in the 90s. Um, and we love that music, too. And, you know, amazing music now as well. Um, uh, Alex and I, we're both 28. So those early 2000s were kind of when we started really, like, getting our own music tastes, you know, like middle school and then into high school. And that, for us, was early 2000s, you know, to 2005, 2006 kind of thing. Yeah, that's and my so, favorite era as well. Yeah, so it's not necessarily, like, a preference for, like, oh, this music is better than that music. It's just, like, I'm sure people have, they were older than us, you know, they're, they might be more of, you know, my favorite is 1998 to 2001, or people younger might say, oh, well, my favorite's 2010 to 2013. It just kind of, I guess, depends maybe that period in your life when you start really developing your own music tastes and going to shows. Um, so that's always been like the awesome era for me anyway. Um, but obviously, you know, it's um, some people define emo um, very narrowly, like this technically is emo and this is pop punk and this is punk rock. And um, for us, like it's, we kind of, it's a very broad definition and we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just play music that we love. So, you know, Sure, like Blink-182 isn't necessarily emo or whatever, but it's still music that we love. And Of course, in, of course. In that era that we grew up starting to listen to music. So we just like to have fun and not take it too seriously. But, um, but yeah, so that first show, um, it was just in a basement that held 100 people. The venue was like, okay, that sounds kind of weird, but I guess if people show up, that's we'll give you some free beer. Uh, and we made an event, and... Um, just put it on Facebook. It was free. And the event kind of went a little viral. And on the day of, we just like invited our friends, but I guess people invited their friends. And the day of, there was like 300 people trying to get into this. Wow. So basement. it really became a word of mouth type of thing. Oh yeah, totally. I wow. think people were like, holy crap, there's a, an emo night, like playing all my favorite music that maybe I haven't heard in a long time or you know, stuff like that. And so the first night was amazing. It was just people screaming along to their favorite songs, rocking out, moshing. Uh, the, the bar was stoked. We got, we definitely got free beer. Uh, and they, <laughs> they like asked us to come back and do like their bigger room. They have a 250 cap room. And so we were like, hell yeah, we did it a couple months later. And there was even more people trying to get in that couldn't get in because there was like a thousand people trying to get in. And wow. So after that, it started getting a bunch of local buzz, and um, Brooklyn Bowl reached out to us and was like, hey, we'd love to host your next Emo Night Brooklyn, and we love Brooklyn Bowl. And so we were like, yeah, absolutely, like, sure, that sounds great. And I remember we put it on sale, and tickets sold out within a couple of days, and I was just, like, flabbergasted. That, like, when did you start beginning to see that growth from going in 2015 in a basement of a bar in Brooklyn to literally selling out these shows? I mean, it was literally, I think our first Brooklyn Bowl show was, uh, I think it was, uh, like, April or May 20, uh, 2015, because the first two shows, I think, were January and March at Cameo. And so it was really in the period of just, like, these three or four months where it just, there was so much demand for it, and we were shocked and amazed at how many other people were like us that wanted to kind of you know, party to the music that made them who they are and celebrate that. And so 
it escalated really quickly. And, uh, you know, once we started doing Brooklyn Bowl, we knew, you know, okay, we have to kind of up our game. This isn't, this can't necessarily, or maybe it can, but, you know, we want to make each party more epic than the last. So, you know, we started kind of upping production. We started inviting uh, artists from uh, these from these bands uh, to kind of come out and party with us. And they were pumped too, because, you know, it was amazing for them to see people partying the songs that they maybe wrote a long time ago. Right. Yeah. It's like a super nostalgia trip. Yeah. And also like, you know, all these bands toured together for the most part. So they loved playing their favorite songs from their friends' bands. And so overall it was just awesome. And so we started doing these monthly in New York. And then uh, because New York was you know, doing so well, uh, we got reached out to by Las Vegas Brooklyn Bowl, and they were like, hey, would you guys want to fly out here? Uh, we have a newfound glory and yellow card show, and we want you guys to do the after party. And of course, Alex and I, loving to party, were like, you know, amazed that <laughs> someone would want us to fly out to Vegas and not only see the show, because yellow card and newfound are some of our favorite bands, but like we would be doing the show with them and doing the after party. And so um, it was just amazing. And then so we started doing shows there and then other cities reached out and were like, hey, we want you to come here. So, I mean, fast forward three and a half years later to where we are, um, we feel extremely lucky. We've been able to we do. Yeah, we do like 30 to 40 cities around the U.S. regularly. We try to go back monthly or bi-monthly or every three months um, to kind of keep a nice cadence and um now we're actually doing international shows as well so uh we're doing the uk regularly so we have a brand out there called emo night uk um and so we do that every month at the garage um in london which is awesome because it's a venue that we used to go to all the time when we were growing up and now actually i'm excited because next weekend we're going to berlin wow wow that is truly amazing yeah it's unbelievable like we're starting a regular night there yeah what um, what's it like knowing that something you started for fun here in new york has traveled all the way to places like the uk and berlin it's insane like i it's it's hard to comprehend and i we count ourselves extremely lucky that this happened i mean obviously it's a it, it's been a ton of hard work not just by us but you know with a team that we work with um and uh but like it's just been so cool to see how many other people really care and it's awesome just being surrounded by people that you know come from so many different backgrounds and are so different but you have you know a common bond and it's just awesome to see people meet their new best friends at these shows you know yes. a lot of people sometimes might go alone or they go with a group of just a couple people and all of a sudden they have this big crew that they go to every single emo night brooklyn you know or yes. people at their girlfriends boyfriends um you know it's just it's so cool to be able to share that with so many other people um so it's truly it's really amazing fun. how music can unite people like that 100 percent. i mean i always knew kind of growing up Maybe you went through the same thing, but growing up, like, if I met someone that was like, oh, yeah, like, I love Under Oath, too, or whatever, I'd be like, all of a sudden, I knew at least 20 other bands they probably liked. Right. And I knew that they were cool. Like, it's like, all right, we can hang. Cause Instant bond. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely really cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Favorite places that you've been to? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's a lot. Um, it, it's... 
honestly, it's hard to choose. Um, I personally love the warmth. I'm a warm weather guy. So maybe I'm more biased towards the warmer spots. Like I love going to, um, like we do a show every month or every, you know, pretty often out in Santa Ana, uh, California and Orange County. And Very I nice. love you there. It's just like so cool. The staff's amazing. And, you know, like San Diego. Uh, now we're going to start doing regular shows uh, in downtown LA, which I'm really excited about. But I also love like Florida and, um, you know, Carolinas, Detroit. I mean, it's it's hard to choose, but I mean, obviously, I'm really excited to go to Berlin. Um, and so it's like it's like a mixture of me wanting to be warm, but also I love traveling and like exploring new places. So it's just been cool to just kind of see so many different places around the country. And um, yeah, that's incredible. It really yeah. is. And speaking about warmth and enjoying traveling you've even taken emo night out on the water for a booze cruise oh yeah so can you can you talk about the booze cruise that you guys had and then the one that you're going to be hosting this summer booze cruise 2.0 oh yeah absolutely so the idea for the booze cruise actually came up pretty early because it's like all right like let's be honest this night is about you know for those that do drink it's about probably getting uh you know responsibly intoxicated um <laughs> and you know everybody probably pays a lot of money at the bar and stuff like that and we're just like what if we had an open bar at one of these shows that would be epic uh the problem is it's tough to get a venue to like you know a proper venue to be like cool open bar for this much like venues have their own rules and regulations and stuff like that so right. we're like well what if we just throw our own event like a booze cruise what if we just combine like an awesome cruise with open bar like, that would be epic. And so, you know, it kind of goes along the same vein of, like, we just want to make every party more epic than the last. And so, thus, the booze cruise was born. So, uh, last year, we had our first one. It was a very small, like, 300-capacity boat, um, open bar for, like, I think, like, 60 bucks. Like, super reasonable because people probably spend way more than that. Oh, totally, um, totally. Like, just a few <laughs> drinks. So, we're like, well, like, this will allow people to spend – the same amount, but get unlimited drinks responsibly. I will put that in every time. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it was awesome. We had a couple of our friends out. We had Derek from State Champs. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we had our buddy James DeWeese of the Get Up Kids and, uh, you know, of My Chemical Romance and so many other bands, New Sound Glory. He was in a ton of bands. Um, but uh, it was just so much fun, and everyone was like, that was the most epic night of my life. Uh, and no one fell overboard, which was amazing. That's always uh, a plus. That's always a plus. Always a plus. So we're like, all right, let's do it again, even bigger and better. So we um, booked uh, the Booze Cruise 2.0, so bigger boat and even nicer boat. Um, still open bar, like the same price. Uh, and That's very uh, exciting. Yes. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. It's coming up on June 29th. And at this point, you guys have had so many guest DJs, which makes the events even more special. Um, who have been some of your personal favorite guests that you've had? Yeah, another tough question. Asking all the tough ones, I like it. Um, <laughs> I would say some of my favorites 
are just based on like who I've done more with because I've loved every experience with every guest. Um, we've probably done the most shows with our buddy Ryan Key. Love uh, him. Love him. Car. Um, he was, you know, he, he's probably done like, I think we counted together one time. He's done like 40 shows with us, something ridiculous like that. Um, and he's traveled all over the country and also the world. Like we've gone to England together. Like we've done a lot of amazing shows together and he's just been, you know, he's not only an artist that we really respect and love, not just for yellow card, but also for, you know, his new EP 13 and, um, you know, his own stuff that he's working on, but he's also just a great guy. Um, super nice uh just really awesome dude to hang out with but yeah other people like that we've had um you know like a senders from like early, early november we've had him a bunch super nice dude uh you know derek from mayday parade awesome um let me try it travis from we the kings is so much fun it's funny to see you know different you know, some people take the DJing really seriously. Um, <laughs> right, right. And try to do, like, all the film, which is funny, because, like, me, like, personally, I don't really, you know, I'm not that great. At, I'm not, like, a DJ. I wouldn't call that. I'm more of, like, I drink beer, jump around, and, you know, kind of choose songs. You're a hype man. Yeah. But, like, some people are, like, studying. I remember we had, you know, we did a tour with Newfound Glory where we did, like, uh, 10 of their after parties um, for their uh, 20 year, uh, twenty years of pop punk tour, which is First of all, so awesome. Um, but, like, the whole band would DJ with us, and they were all really into it. And I remember Cyrus, the drummer, was like, I love this. And I actually bought, like, he told us he's now bought the DJ equipment for himself. Wow. And, like, it's just cool just <laughs> seeing all this uh, this stuff Getting happen, super I, into it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's great seeing them have fun. It's great seeing the audience have fun. But... Yeah, everyone we've had has been just amazing, and I mean, it's it's been cool to be able to meet, uh, you know, people that I grew up loving and idolizing, and you know, doing shows together and learning more about the music industry, which I've loved for so long. So yeah, it's been really awesome. Yeah, do you ever think about how years ago you were in the crowd for these artists for their shows, and now you're sharing the same stage as them? I do. It's flabbergasting. I. Yeah, it's amazing. I I'm very I feel very special and lucky to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that's one of our goals too because we know how awesome it feels to be able to kind of break down that wall between fan and artist. Um, so it's been cool to be able to do that for people that come to Emo Night Brooklyn because it, it's much it's a much more like intimate experience than maybe a show where there's a barricade. And, you know, you don't really get to see them up close and, or when you do, they're really like performing and, you know, uh, but this is much more of like, you get to pretty much come on stage and party with them and they're like hanging out. So it's cool. We really try to bring down that wall between the fan and the artist because we know how special of experience that's been for us. And uh, so, we, yeah, we want to do the same for others. And to be honest, what I really like about you guys from what I've seen is you guys are extremely active on stage. It's so much more than just standing behind a laptop and pushing buttons. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that's one thing that's stayed consistent since we were in middle school, honestly. It's just like 
we it's hard to just stand there when you're listening to these kind of songs because they're there's just so much energy in them there's so much emotion that goes into them so you know we it's all just like pretty natural we love rocking out to these and honestly like we did the same thing when we were in our apartment so <laughs> it's it's still going on and uh for the sets that you guys do do you guys plan out the set list or do you sometimes kind of let the uh, audience's reaction drive what you play we usually plan out like the first you know three to five songs we did, we obviously want to be conscious not to play like the same set that we played last month the month before you know um, obviously there are going to be a lot of duplicates that that do play from show to show right the classics because, yeah like you're gonna play like you know, a lot of the songs people want to hear, and not everyone was at the last show kind of thing. But yeah, we'll probably plan out, like, the first few songs, but then honestly, it's just kind of what we're feeling and what the audience is feeling. We also take requests, and that's one of the other things that's, that's cool about traveling around the country is because, you know, when we're in Florida, I'll probably throw in a bunch more Florida bands. When we're in New Jersey, I get to throw in some of those, uh, you know, more local bands that maybe I didn't get to play out in California. Um so it's yeah, that's, that part's really cool. That's awesome. I actually didn't even think about that to let the environment that you're in influence what you guys ultimately play. That's really cool. Is there any musicians on your bucket list that you guys would like to join you up on stage in the future? Yes. And if he's listening, I would like him to, you know, hopefully he listens to this podcast. But John Mayer, <laughs> if you're out there, you want to do a show with us let's do it oh my god that would be incredible sign hey, me up to be there fan. He's, he posts a lot about paramore so i did i recently that's funny you mentioned that i recently saw he post about after laughter yeah uh so john mayer while it doesn't necessarily fit the genre as much <laughs> he is also one of my favorite musicians of all time yes and he's great you know, He's yeah, amazing. He was, he so was huge be, on me. That would be fun. Uh, but yes, there's definitely many more, but he's towards the top for sure. He's Alex and I both love him. So As far as music taste, because I know that you guys grew up listening to majority of the same music, but what about as of now? Do you guys still uh, listen to the same stuff, or did you kind of grow into different uh, music tastes? Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit of a mix. I definitely have the same... You know, we, I think we both definitely have, like, the same music taste where we still love this music and we're still listening to new music that's coming out. We've definitely broadened our horizons a bit. Like, I started really liking, um, you know, EDM and electronic music. Um, and I think, actually, they kind of flowed well into each other. And maybe maybe that's why, you know, Sonny Moore from, from First to Last started doing Skrillex. Right. Electronic music and, like, emo, pop-punk stuff, it has, like, a similar – and, like, hardcore – it has like the breakdown and the build up and the you know like that kind of stuff and just a lot of energy. So I really started getting into that music as well. Um, Alex, slightly different. He started getting into a lot of country music as well. Um, and uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I wasn't as big on the country, but he, I, I got a lot of my music taste from Alex too. You just kind of get that when you're hanging around friends or listening to other stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're both very much entrenched within the you know alternative scene uh still and you know love what's coming out 
Yeah, it's good to see that you guys legitimately didn't grow out of it. You're not just doing these events because you gain so much um, popularity from it. You genuinely love what you do and what you listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it being authentic is something that just makes it so special. Uh, Before I ask my question, I just want to say that's awesome that you're into John Mayer because I am too. Uh, He was totally huge for me in high school and still is. Uh, What's your favorite John Mayer album, personally? My favorite John Mayer album, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll say my, the time I really started getting into him was more recently. Um, It was when he released Battle Studies. So I think that was 2010. Um, And that's, that's like the first album I listened to front to back. So I was late in the John Mayer game. Um, But then, yeah, I saw him live for the first time for his Battle Studies tour. And so that, that might be like my favorite album, but then again, I'm sure people will be like, what the hell, you know, heavier things, room for squares, wait or continuum kind of, you know, um, but, uh, I mean, I, I also love search for everything. The new, the newer album, um, it's just so good. Um, so if I had to pick one, I guess probably battle studies, um, just because that's when I first started listening to them. That's awesome. I tend to lean more towards his older stuff, but typically, yeah, I'm usually all across the board with him. Yeah, totally. I love the older stuff now that, like, started getting into it for sure. That's awesome. And uh, the question I had for you is, are there any places you haven't visited yet that you'd like to? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be awesome to do, like, South America, because I know a lot of these bands do South America tours. Um same with Japan, like that would be really fun. Like the international stuff is always really exciting because it's cool to see the kind of music translate uh, into different cultures and countries. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say some some more international expansion uh, would definitely be really cool. But obviously, there's a lot of places around the U.S. we still have yet to go. I know your next big event is the Three Room Takeover, which sounds completely awesome. Um, what what can people expect from that compared to the usual emo night experience? Yeah, so the usual emo night Brooklyn experience is one room, one stage, um, where everything happens. This is kind of more like a mini festival, I guess. So there's uh, three floors, three rooms, all with their own stages, and there's going to be you know different programming on each floor. So you know one floor, well, the top floor we're actually about to release is kind of like the set times, but uh, so people can kind of plan out their night, I guess. But, you know, one the top floor is going to be more of your traditional Emonite Brooklyn, um, you know, with uh, DJs, acoustic sets, um, that kind of thing. Uh, the middle floor, the first portion of the night is going to be classic 90s emo. Uh, then we're going to start doing emo of today, like some of the newer stuff. And then the rest of the night, where it's going to be Screamo Night Brooklyn. A tribute to all the more hardcore stuff. Nice. Um, Very I love. nice. And then finally, the bottom floor, we're going to have, uh, for the first time, um, full band live performances by a few different awesome bands. So to start off, we're going to have Nimrod, which is a Green Day, um, which is a Green Day tribute band. Um, then we're going to have uh, Save Face, uh, which is a really awesome up and coming band right now. Um, we're also going to have world's greatest dad, another amazing, uh, newer band. Uh, and then finally to close the night, uh, we're going to have the dude ranch and the girl at the rock show, which is a blink 182, uh, tribute band. 
and they're going to be playing Take Off Your Pants and Jacket in full. Wow, that sounds super fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, so unfortunately, Ticket Fly is down globally, um, so you can't buy pre-sale you can't buy pre-sale tickets anymore, but we all have plenty of tickets at the door uh, for those who haven't got tickets yet. So I would definitely suggest getting there, you know, early doors are opening at 1030 with the show starting at 11. Um, so I would definitely suggest getting there, you know, earlier on time um, so that, you know, everyone can get it. Sounds good. And can you talk about the tour that you're going on this summer as well? Yeah. So, I mean, our life is kind of a constant tour on the weekends, which is really cool. So, um, I guess there's there's never been kind of a period since we've started where we've kind of taken a big break and going on one kind of long thing. But, yeah, I think right now we have like 20 shows uh, on sale at least uh, coming up. Um, and we're going to all sorts of different places. We're doing like, I guess the Berlin's coming up. Tonight is going to be Philly, D.C. Um, we have Vegas with Newfound Glory. Um coming up as well you know san diego phoenix and then the booze cruise boston and, and that's just this month so we've got a lot of uh fun how do you balance it all that's that's a lot on your plate but a lot of fun a lot of good times at least it is definitely a, a balance so alex and i both actually have full-time jobs as well uh during the week so thankfully they are very um supportive and they allow us to be flexible um, because it is a lot of work for sure. Like obviously it's a lot of fun, but there's definitely a ton of work that goes into uh, planning and promoting and organizing these shows. And so it's, it's a tough balance and I've learned to kind of, I think in the past it, it definitely, there's a little bit parts when I was stressed because I was kind of going back and forth between, okay, I'll write this email to this person and then I'll just suddenly write this email. And then while this is loading, I'll do this. And it kind of made me a little crazy. So instead, I've learned to kind of compartmentalize my time and spend, you know, one hour working on this and then one hour working on that. So he's definitely taught me to help myself be a little more organized. Yeah, how um, to manage your time. Exactly. So that I'm not like going crazy doing 20 million things all at once, but really focusing on one thing well. And that definitely seems to be the grind for a lot of people just trying to get into the entertainment business anyway, you know, just trying to split their time between a bunch of different important things, but I'm glad that you figured out a way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Very, feel very lucky um, that we have awesome employers who allow us to, you know, take Fridays off when we need to or work remotely. So <laughs> do you have any future goals for emo night? Yeah. Um, I mean the easy one, the easy answers to those questions, I guess would be, Bigger shows, more epic shows, um, you know, and just constantly challenging ourselves. Like this three-room takeover we're going to have tomorrow was definitely not easy to organize. Um, so it was definitely a challenge, but it's going to be one of the more epic shows that we've done in New York City. So it's just constantly pushing ourselves to make each show bigger and better than the last. Um, and, you know, going to new places, expanding. I think the international stuff was huge for us. Um but we definitely have some really exciting other projects coming up that I'm excited to talk about in the future. Unfortunately, can't chat about it now, but we have some cool stuff down the pipeline. That sounds great. You know you're always welcome back, by the way. You're always welcome oh, back. Oh, thank you. We announced some of that other stuff. Yeah, that a little more. <laughs> sounds good.
And uh, just curious, um, do the fans ever come up to you like at shows and, you know, kind of show their love for what you guys do and just express how happy they are to be where they are with you guys in that environment? Yeah, all the time. Like, almost every show. And that's what's so special about it is people come up to us or they message us on Facebook or on our, you know, socials and just say, like, that was the best night of my life. Like, think that was, like, the most fun I've had. And thank you for what you guys are doing and, you know, for organizing these events for us all to come together and celebrate this awesome music. And of course, we can't take the credit for it. You know, it's it's really a celebration of the artists and the genre that, you know, made this whole scene possible. So, uh, but yeah, that's made it really special just hearing the feedback from people and artists as well who just say what a blast that they have and, you know, how they're so glad that we together all of us have you know made this event possible who was the first artist that you guys were able to get as a guest dj our first one so it was um it was actually in the back in our i believe it was either the first brooklyn bowl show i'm trying to remember um but acceptance was playing that night at irving plaza wow okay nice and so we had uh the whole band came over and like hung out and did a, a set and then we had um sean mackin from yellow card who Very also nice. happened to be at the show came out too so that was really cool um and then like the next few we had after that we had kenny uh Vasoli from the starting line and vacationer um you know so it started escalating pretty quickly did those people early on kind of open the door for you guys after that they came on and did it and it was successful for other people to come on I think so, yeah. I think it kind of legitimized it because we weren't, like, a couple randos uh, just, like, kind of reaching out to people, like, hey, you want to come to our party? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> it was like, no, like, we've had people, I swear, it's cool. And so people saw that and they were like, yeah, definitely, that sounds like fun. So I think, yeah, the more we, the more people we had, the more it legitimized it and it made it possible to open the door for other people. And who was your most recent guest? Our most recent guest... Oh, actually, yeah, I did a show. So we did a couple shows last weekend in Boston at Asbury Park. So in Boston, we had our friends from this band, Charlie Bliss, uh, which they played Boston Calling, and they're an awesome, awesome band. Uh, they're going to be huge. Uh, they already are. Um, you know, they already do have a, quite a name for themselves. Um, but uh, then also in Asbury Park, we had Zach from Man Overboard. Nice. Um, We've had him a few times, and he's always been amazing. He's a good friend. and uh, So, yeah, those were our most recent guests. Yeah. That's great. That's really great. I think it's awesome, like, all the love you guys get at every show and with everything you do. And I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the future. Thanks so much. Yeah, we are too. And uh, just a quick question. I saw you guys sell merchandise. Do you have any idea, any future merch that you guys may want to sell or any ideas floating around? Definitely, yeah. Obviously, we have the... The easy stuff, uh, you know, like T-shirts and hoodies. Um, but I, the things I'm most stoked about are the jackets. Like we have this awesome denim jacket that has uh, Eminem Brooklyn Crew on it. Yes, I've uh, seen that. Looks great. Yeah, those are my favorites. And yeah, I wear those at shows. And then we have like Sweet Windbreaker, um, uh, Black Coaches jacket. But actually, we're about to come out with some new merch, uh, which I'm really pumped about. New designs. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see what the reactions are. You know, I never figured, I was never like thinking that merch would be like a huge thing because we're not a band, you know, we're, we're just like a knight. And, but I mean, it, it is because it, people like to express themselves with stuff that they love. And, you know, if Emo Night Brooklyn is something they love and they had, you know, one of the best nights of their life there, then, you know, they want to sport some gear and hopefully the gear is cool. And, um, you know, which I, I think it is, <laughs> I'm biased, but I <laughs> like it. Um, so yeah, we always have merch on our, our merch table at every show. Uh, but also we sell it for the same price on, uh, Brooklyn Cloth's website, brooklyncloth.com. They're uh, one of our great partners that we partner with to help design and produce the merch for us. Awesome, awesome. And where can people find you on social media and buy tickets for future shows? Yeah, so all tickets for shows can be bought at emonightbk.com. Our socials, uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash emonightbrooklyn, all written out. Uh, and then our Instagram and Twitter handles are at emo night underscore BK. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, for all the people listening, definitely give us a follow and, you know, you'll keep up to date on, you know, what's going on. And before we let you go, number one, I just want to say, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yo, thank you guys for having me. And I just wanted to ask, since we are Music Matters Media, why does music matter to you? I mean, music is, that's a, that's a big question. It just like, it brings out a lot of different emotions. It's crazy how hearing one song can make you feel so strongly uh, in one way or another. Um, sometimes it's nostalgia. Sometimes it's pure joy. Sometimes it's sadness. You know, it might remind you of something um, that happened to you, uh, or it might um, give you hope for what's to come in the future but either way i think music that people love uh and matters to them really speaks to them and and makes a difference in people's lives uh so i think it definitely matters and i know a lot of people who would say you know this song saved my life or this band did this and so it's just an awesome way to express yourself um and to conjure up you know emotions I couldn't have said it any better myself, honestly. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. I wow, think, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think we can all agree on that. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on today. Truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. And we hope to uh, be seeing you soon at an emo night. Sounds good. I'd love that. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, guys. That was Ethan Maccabee, co-founder of Emo Night Brooklyn. Extremely nice guy. These emo nights are super super fun if you guys can manage to make your way out and attend one of them i highly highly recommend it to find out all the information and to buy tickets you can go to www.emonightbk.com that's www.emonightbk.com and guys we really want to know what you thought of today's episode have you ever been to an emo night before what kind of bands make you nostalgic for us i mean for me specifically as you all may know by now, Blink-182, Taking Back Sunday, Fallout Boy, Sum 41, Paramore, just a few of the greats to mention. What about you, Eric? I'd have to say all of them, all the ones you just mentioned, but Fallout Boy is definitely one of my top three for sure. 
Awesome. So, yeah, guys, we want to know what are your picks for your own personal emo night. If you can create a set list, what kind of bands would be on that set list? And please let us know what you thought of today's episode. You can reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.